going on, everybody? It's Russell and Alex back with another episode of Not a Normal Football Podcast. We're going to be jumping in some really exciting things today. Uh, but first off, we hope everybody is staying safe um, with the ongoing seriousness of COVID-19. It's very important that everybody is doing their best to uh, maintain social distancing guidelines and do everything in their power to make sure everybody around them and themselves are being as safe as possible. Um, we got an exciting show tonight, though. We're going to be talking about some big-time deals that, been, that have been signed within the last week. George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Kenny Clark, and more. And then after that, we're going to hop into... The R predictions for the NFL Honors Awards um, at the end of the season. So I think it's going to be a really fun one. What, what are your thoughts here, Alex? Yeah, I'm really I'm really excited to kind of dive into these NFL Honors. I always like to do these prior to the season, and there's some big contracts around, and I'm pretty excited. Some of my favorite players in the league got some contracts here, so I'm looking really forward to breaking some of this down for you. So, like we said, we're going to be talking about the contracts first and our boy George Kittle got a five-year 75 million 30 mil guaranteed and 40 injury guaranteed with an 18 million signing bonus making him the highest paid tight end in the league which is deservedly so because George Kittle is hands down the best tight end in the league um it's amazing what that guy's able to achieve what he's been able to do um in the short time that he's been in the league and in five years we're probably going to be talking about him in the same way that we talk about gronkowski uh, tony gonzalez antonio gates those kind of guys uh george kittle's just a freak of nature i'm super excited he got this deal he deserves it more than pretty much anyone yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's so cool. You know, he was taken in the fifth round. Um, it's really exciting. I mean, he, he'd been making, I mean, peanuts in relative to his worth up until now. So now he finally gets paid um, what the man should be paid. This is probably the second most, if not the most important offensive player in that 49ers offense. So he, he got what he deserved. He's like an extra offensive lineman on the field. I mean, everybody knows George Kittle. He's the people's tight end. Um, picking off right where Gronkowski left off. So um, happy he got paid. Happy he set that market. Which leads us to the next um, the next tight end payment was Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, this was really exciting. It was a really exciting yeah. day for tight ends, actually. Um, back-to-back deals. You could tell probably Travis Kelsey's camp was waiting for the Kittle signing to get something similar to that. And he got something very similar. It was a little less. Um, he signed a four-year, $57 million extension, which will tie him to Kansas City for the next six years. He'll be walking around with a cane by then. But uh, yes. it's all right. Yeah, he's, he's getting $28 million guaranteed. Uh, there's no new money in 2020. Um, but he is owed a $7 million roster bonus on April 5th, 2021. So right at the start of the new league year um, next season. So um, another really awesome player. He He's... One of the focal points of that offense, along with Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, um, he, everyone, uh, he's he's easily the number two tight end in this league. Um, his blocking is still good. It's not as it's not like offensive line worthy as George Kittle is, but when he's asked to do it, it's solid. Um, but he's he's not asked to block that much because he's such an amazing receiver and um, he does that a lot for that team. They they're they're a pass happy team. Um, Andrew Reid loves him there. And um, I'm really interested to see um, if Zach Ertz is going to get a new deal anytime soon or uh, what what Henner Henry is going to get if he stays healthy next year along with, oh, I don't know, um, uh, 
just just Mark Andrews too. Mark Andrews is going to yeah. get a pretty good deal in a couple of years here. Um, so the tight ends, there's some really good tight ends out there in this league right now, and I'm happy two of the best got their money. They deserve every penny. They're both really good team friendly deals, I think. So everyone wanted both those deals. So oh for yeah. sure, yeah, yeah, uh, couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean Travis Kelsey and George Kittle are just two of my favorite players in the league in general. So I'm very excited to see them get paid what they should. And yeah, I, I still feel like the tight ends, one of the most underappreciated positions in all football. And both of these guys are spectacular. Um, the next one on our list is Everson Griffin. And then a one year, 3 million with three more available in roster bonuses. Um, very team friendly deal for one of, the better defensive players in the league. Um, yeah, Everson Griffin's been a stud for a long, long time, and he'll just continue to be on the team that he's best known for with the Minnesota Vikings. So, um, yeah, not much more I can say. I think just team-friendly, and uh, yeah, what do you got well, for it? Um, actually, he's heading to the Cowboys. Oh. He, is, he, he is now a cowboy. I, oh. I did not. I did not include that in the. Uh, I we have a little spreadsheet, but I, uh, yeah, he's heading to the Cowboys. So that's, wow, that's exciting. Um, it's also very that good replaces because, Robert Quinn then. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's very good for that. Oh, that's for great that for them. Yeah, that defensive line, but it does take a a little bit taken away because uh, Gerald McCoy did go down with yes. a season-ending injury today. Yeah, um, I just saw that. so. That's that's too bad for him. Um, they they still have a really solid D line there, even without Gerald McCoy. They still have, uh, I believe, they have Dontari Poe. They have uh, Demarcus Lawrence. They have Alden Smith. I think they have some random yeah, guys. Yeah, they've got. Uh, yeah. And now with Everson Griffin, that's it. Sucks that Gerald McCoy went down, but Everson Griffin, um, he'll he'll be able to put some work in on that uh, defensive line. So yeah, um, three million deer, three million deal with another three million roster bonus. Yeah, that's about um, as good of a replacement for Robert Quinn as you can get then. Yeah, I'm. I'm. That's a that's a good signing. I'm surprised a lot of other different teams didn't um, want to pay him more than that. But um, it is what it is. Uh, we'll move on down to another defensive lineman who absolutely got paid. One of the best, if not the best, nose tackle in the NFL. And that's Kenny Clark of the uh, Green Bay Packers. He got signed to an extension worth four years, seventy million dollars, about eighteen million a year. Um, he got a twenty-five million signing bonus, and uh, he's getting. Almost $40 million in the first two years of his deal, and it will make him the highest-paid nose tackle in the NFL. Um, he's got one Pro Bowl to his name. I think he's been in the league for about four years. Um, so he's he, he, is, he eats up a lot of space over there in Green Bay, and um, I think maybe you could shed some more light on what you think about him, Alex, being a Chicago fan and all. I've always been a big Kenny Clark fan. Um, yeah. I think that Kenny Clark is... Uh, I don't know if deserving of the highest paid nose tackle in the NFL, but definitely amongst that, you know, top three, top five defensive tackles in the league, um, four years, um, more of Kenny Clark is never exciting. Uh, that's for sure. Kenny Clark's a, he's a beast. Um, you, you don't really want to run up the middle for him and he's going to apply pressure, uh, on your center, on your guards. I mean, he's he's big dude, but he can move. He can move really quickly. And, um, yeah, I really like Kenny Clark. Um, I definitely don't want to see him on the opposing side of the field as much as I do. But, um, yeah, he's definitely one of my favorite Green Bay Packers for sure. Tight, tight, sweet. Um, and then we'll close it out with one more big ticket signing, and that's uh, Deion Dawkins of the Buffalo Bills. Um, he's getting a four-year deal 
worth $60 million with $34 million guaranteed. Um, this next year, he'll be the fifth highest paid left tackle in the league behind Nate Solder, Taylor Lewan, no free shout outs, Anthony Costanzo and Laramie Tunsil. Um, that will be in 2020, of course. Um, that's that's a really solid deal for um, the Bills. They, I mean, he's been a solid left tackle for him. Um, they, they've honestly not had that bad of an offensive line, um, at least recently. Um, but Deion Dawkins has been a really good player for them on that left side. He, his name doesn't get called a lot, which is something you love out of an offensive lineman. Um, he's just he's solid over there. Uh, and he's been he's been a good thing for Josh Allen to have in his developing career as a quarterback in the NFL. Um, but this look at while I was looking at this, um, I was looking at the left tackle contracts and I was looking at guys who are up and coming to get paid. And I absolutely believe Ronnie Stanley will be breaking the market oh, next season for yeah. the Baltimore Ravens. Um, that dude is an exceptional left tackle. And I I I'm really excited to see how much he's going to get yeah. because that's going to reset the market. Um, ah, it's going to make a lot of other deals seem super cheap. Um, so yeah, Ronnie Stanley is going to blow that market up. Um, yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. I couldn't have said anything more. Yeah. Ronnie Stanley's definitely going to just reset the market and that's going to be the new standard for left tackles over there. I mean, he's probably the best in the league, I would oh, say. Yeah. So yeah. he at least has an argument for it for sure. Oh, for sure. And yeah, Deion Dawkins has been really rock solid over there. And when you have a rock solid left tackle, you got to pay him. They don't just come on trees. So um, Deion Dawkins, I mean, with only 34 mil guaranteed over those four years, that's less than 10 mil a year. If you really want to look at it that way um, for the guaranteed money. Um, So for, for a starting left tackle and a very quality starting left tackle, that's about as good of a deal as you can get. So it's a great deal for the Bills while they're young. And Sean McDermott just signed a contract for the next five years, I think. Yeah, yeah, so I think that's right, five years. They're they're trying to keep all those pieces together, which I think is smart because the Bills are definitely working on something really special. This is the best Bills team that I've seen in a long, long time. So yeah, most definitely. Um, definitely want to keep your pieces together and we are going to move on to mock honors and <laughs> uh the way we're go- we'll save mvp for last i think because that sounds good that's what that's where it gets a little bit spicy um for me especially so uh i'm gonna start with comeback player of the year yes and we- for me it is one of my favorite players in the league um hands down and it's not even close um, he was out for eight weeks this past year, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a quarterback for the Detroit Lions. Yes, sir. Mr. Matthew Stafford <clears throat> I have as my comeback player of the year for the 2020 season. Um, the Lions are looking better on defense, which Matthew Stafford has never had a good defense. Um, Kenny Galladay, who I've come around on, um, is definitely reaching some very big heights as a receiver and mm-hmm. has a potential to really explode now that he'll have Stafford back in his corner. So I'm liking what the Lions are doing, and they added DeAndre Swift, I believe. That's where yep. he ended up going. And I mean, that's a really solid check down for Matthew Stafford, and he's going to have a lot of fun with DeAndre Swift. That guy's electric. So 
I mean, Matthew Stafford back at the helm. He has a, a defense that has potential to be pretty dang good. I really like the position that the Detroit Lions are in. Unfortunately, they're in one of the more consistent um, divisions in the NFL. So you're not really going to probably see the Detroit Lions be better than maybe seven and nine. But I think if Matthew Stafford balls out and has another 5,000 yard season, like he does almost every year that he deserves that comeback player of the year. Yeah, I, I love the pick of Matthew Stafford. It's a it's a reasonable pick, especially after a lot of things he's been through even the last year. It's not even about being a football player. I mean, his wife had cancer. He had COVID-19 himself. Um, so, I mean, it's he's, he's been through a lot in a year. And to come back from that and play at an extremely high level, um, like I think he can, that'd be a very solid pick. And I could absolutely see him. Um, for most of these picks, I have who I think I have winning it, and I have a couple um, like runners-up or so. And Matthew Stafford, I did not have him winning it. Um, because I'm going for a different feel-good story, and um, that would be this is a player who not he does not necessarily have a pathway to being the starter as of right now. But I have a feeling we got another three weeks before the NFL season starts up, and I think he'll be a starter of a team by the time the season starts up, and that's going to be Alex Smith. Um, I think okay. Alex Smith makes his yep. way into a team, he becomes a starter, and I think he comes back after almost dying two years ago. Yeah. Um, so I have Alex Smith as my comeback player of the year. I can't think of a more feel-good story than him winning it um, with everything he's been through in the last year and a half, almost two years in November. Um, he, I don't know if he's going to start in Washington right now. Dwayne Haskins really um, got improved a lot down the stretch, so we'll see. Um, but I can't think of another quarterback I would want leading my team if my starter goes down um, than Alex Smith when it comes to you know a, a longtime starter in this league who's solid and can do whatever do whatever you need him to do. Um, he he just I, I would love to see this happen for Alex Smith. So um, he I got him as my comeback play of the year with Matthew Stafford and Cam Newton as my runners up. Yeah, I had Cam Newton as a runner up, and yep. I wasn't having Alex Smith on my radar, but uh, you know. I know a team that needs a quarterback that uh, Alex Smith has had some success with, with oh, their yeah? current head coach down there in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, one Matt Nagy. That. I would love that. Matt Nagy and Alex Smith back together. Um, some of Alex Smith's best years were when Matt Nagy was his offensive coordinator. So I would absolutely love to see Alex Smith here. Um, but unfortunately, we have Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. Um, but I would love to see Alex Smith thrown into that as well. Um, yeah. I really feel like Alex Smith could win that job immediately if um, the Bears brought him in. I definitely think he beats out Nick Foles. Um, but yeah. I feel that it would be a battle against Mitchell Trubisky, just like it is with Nick Foles. But even if... A- Alex Smith doesn't win that. Look how he helped mentor Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was this big gunslinger coming out of college and learning under Alex Smith. Patrick Mahomes is the best freaking quarterback in the NFL, maybe potentially the best that there ever will be. And I don't think that that's just because of who Patrick Mahomes is. I really feel that Patrick Mahomes learned a lot from Alex Smith because Alex Smith is just this, his football IQ is out the roof and, uh, yeah, I love Alex Smith, and I would love to see him in Chicago. Maybe next year, maybe you know Alex Smith uh, rides the bench for a year, um, and then 
I think his contract's up actually after this year anyway. So yeah. Um, yeah. maybe Matt Nagy, Alex Smith, 2021. But the reunion. Yeah. So I'm moving on to defensive rookie of the year. I'm kind of going from least quote unquote important all the way to most important. Yeah. Um, my defensive rookie of the year is a runaway with Isaiah Simmons. Okay. All right. Um, I think that the Cardinals are just primed to just be freaking ridiculous this year. Um, I really feel that the Rams are going to take a step back. Um, the Seahawks are always going to be competitive as long as Russell Wilson's in there. And I feel like the 49ers might take a little bit of a step back and maybe the Cardinals squeeze into that second spot. I feel like um, the 49ers are definitely going to be the top seed for their conference or division again. But um, I really feel like the Cardinals have some serious pieces here. And having Isaiah Simmons and Chandler Jones together is just overkill. It's dumb because Isaiah Simmons can do literally anything. He could play safety if you wanted to. He can play outside linebacker, he can play middle linebacker. I mean, the guy is a freak of nature. I've never seen a linebacker this athletic probably since Brian Urlacher. Um, he, he can fly over the field, and I'm really excited to see what he does. So Isaiah Simmons, for me, is the surefire defensive rookie of the year. I, I do really like that pick. Um, I, I had him in my short list, um, but just looking at their depth chart really quick, it's interesting. He's uh, he's listed as the starter in as the will linebacker, but then he's listed as the backup for strong safety. Um, That's so, so awesome. I kind of find that I, I find that pretty interesting. But yeah, he he's going to be able to do some really good things. Uh, Buddha Baker is a guy who I think is kind of flying under the radar right now for most uh, most mm-hmm. NFL fans. But he has he has really blossomed into an exceptional safety after being a second round pick in 2017. And um, I can just I can really see there's going to be a lot of good things going on with Buddha Baker, Patrick Peterson, uh, Byron Murphy, their second round pick from 2019. But yeah, Isaiah Simmons is definitely primed to do a lot of good things um, down there in um, in Arizona. So that's really exciting. Um, I I also have my short list, but um, I actually have an interesting, maybe unexpected um, pick for defensive rookie of the year. Um, I have Chase. I have Chase Young as another runner up. I mean, it's Chase Young. Duh. Yeah. Uh, and and that that defensive line is stacked. But, um, I, I, this might sound interesting, but I, I really could not decide. So it's two defensive rookies on the same team, first round pick and a second round pick. Um, and they're coming into a situation where the, the defense has a lot of pieces together. And, um, these two players that I think it's going to be one of them. I cannot decide which one yet, but I am pick, I am, I am at my end about either Derek Brown or Yeter Gross Matos of the Carolina Panthers. Mm -hmm. Um, they're they're both stepping in. They're both going to be starters. They and they have Brian Burns, Kwan Short. Um, they have a lot of really exceptional players up front on that defensive line. Shaq Thompson's bringing up the rear still. Um, if if Luke Kuechly was still on this team, it would be a runaway for me, obviously. Sure. But I still think one of them has a very strong possibility of being the defensive rookie of the year, just because of all of the firepower that's already on that defense um the the veterans the the more recently acquired guys who have really started stepping into their own like dante jackson um like trey boston these kinds of guys that i really think can help lift this defense up a lot because i mean all they drafted this year was defense 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 for seven rounds and they, they want they um their head coach he has a he has an idea in mind and he's going to complete that 
Matt Rule is going to do that. Oh, yeah. And um, I think I think whether it be Yeter Gross Matos, the second round pick, or Derek Brown, the first round pick, seventh overall, um, I think one of them is going to be the defensive rookie of the year. Um, yeah. I really cannot decide, but playing next to each other, they're going to be them two and Brian Burns are going to be holding down that Panthers defensive line for hopefully the next five to six years. Um, so I think one of them is my defensive rookie of the year. I love it. Yeah. I I love both those guys and yeah. the yeah the, crazy that they were able to get both of them. I really had Yitor rated as a middle of the first for me. Um, yeah. I love what I, he did at Penn State and no stuff. I'm pretty sure when we did our mock, I had him around. Uh, that 20 mark man yeah. I, I love like what he Jags. does yeah yeah, yeah. I love Yuchar Gross Matos and obviously Derek Brown's just a monster and I really hope that he does a lot too um, but the offensive rookie of the year I'm sure is the same for both of us but oh, yeah it's the runaway for me um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire yes um, now that Damian Williams is out um, his he is opted out and woo, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to just be the workhorse of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's just Christian McCaffrey light. He can do it all. Um, he's just quick. He's strong for his size. He's uh, he's an electric runner. And my God, uh, the fact that he's on the Kansas City Chiefs is just disgusting that he's with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins and just Travis Kelsey. Uh, there's just, there's so many weapons and Clyde Edwards Hilaire is just going to fly under the radar because you're going to want to cover the guys like Kelsey and Hill. And uh, it's just, it's, it's Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That's all I can say. He's, he, there's no competition for offensive rookie. Yeah. I, you said you said everything I could say, Alex. Um, he is absolutely the offensive rookie of the year to me. Um, he, he's stepping into a system that was, or stepping into a situation very similar to what he had at LSU, and he was a monster at LSU. He's stepping into the exact same similar situation in Kansas City. He's he's working with the best quarterback in the NFL, the fastest wide receiver in the NFL. Um, I mean, two of the fastest wide receivers in the NFL the second best tight end in the NFL. He is, he is on a star studded offense, the best right tackle in the NFL, just, just the best, so many bests on that team. And he is, he's quickly going to groom. He, I mean, he's, it's going to be like when Kareem hunt was a rookie that, that amazing season yeah. Kareem hunt had, I expect that. And maybe even better, you know, like that's what I expect out of Clyde Edwards Lair because the offense is so much better now than it was in 2017. And Clyde Edwards is a better player coming out than Kareem hunt was also. And um, I, I expect amazing things from Clyde Edwards Lair. Um, and uh, I will say my runners up were Joe Burrow. Yep. And then I had I had a sneaky pick. Um, I had Denzel Mims of New York Jets. Um, I think what I was looking at a lot of the top ranked wide receivers because I want to give a wide receiver some love. And a lot of them are stepping into situations where there's a lot of mouths to feed. And a lot of what being an offensive rookie of the year is, I mean, it, it stats to an extent. And I, I don't necessarily think a guy like um jerry judy or i mean i can see henry ruggs putting up some decent snaps but i mean like a guy like jerry judy or um just some of the some of these top first round wide receivers i'm not sure they're going to put up that many stats because there's so many other mouths to feed. the cowboys rookie you know the broncos um but denzel mims is stepping into a situation in 
New York where they desperately need a wide receiver. One. He's the they guy. Don't, yeah, they don't have much else on the team. They got a promising tight end in Chris Herndon, but nothing, nothing for sure. So um, he's stepping into a situation where he's going to get a lot of looks, very similar to kind of what A.J. Brown had coming into this season, and he got some offensive rookie of the year votes. Um, so I could definitely see Denzel Mims kind of taking that mantle that A.J. Brown had this year, um, you know, as, as probably the best wide receiver in his rookie class just because he got all the targets from his quarterback. Um, so I think Sam Donald would be very happy to have him, and I could absolutely see Denzel Mims um, getting some votes for offensive rookie of the year come NFL honors this year. Yeah. Uh, I had just Joe Burrow was the only one that I was really thinking of. Um, maybe Jerry Judy, um, just because Jerry right. Judy. But yeah, yeah, no, no, no defense there. <laughs> and defensive player of the year. I'm excited uh, to hear yours. Pretty easy. I think you're gonna love mine. It's pretty easy for me. Uh, it's Khalil Mack. Yes, sir. Um, Khalil Mack himself said he's hungry. He said uh, he's got this chip on his shoulder to prove himself back as being, you know, the best edge rusher in the NFL. And if Khalil Mack is saying that, I'm running for my life. <laughs> so look out. Khalil Mack's coming back. Last season was a down year just for Chicago in general. Uh, Khalil Mack's got Akeem Hicks back. I know that Eddie Goldman's out and that kind of sucks. But hopefully Dana Trevathan's healthy. Roquan Smith stays healthy. Um, you've got Jalen Johnson and Kyle Fuller now to lock down those corners. And Eddie Jackson with Tashawn Gibson. Um, you've got Eddie back in his natural position. And Khalil Max primed and ready to go off this year. That is all I have to say. Defensive player of the year, Khalil Mack. I would love to see that happen, Alex. And I honestly think he's going to do amazing things um, this season. I'm really excited to see what Khalil Mack can do. Um, but I, I do have somebody else for Defensive Player of the Year, and I think it might be the hottest take on my list. Um, what I'm predicting has not happened in 10 years, and that's two separate defensive backs winning Defensive Player of the Year back-to-back oh. -back years. Um and it's actually the same positions. In 2009, Charles Woodson won Defensive Player of the Year as a cornerback with the Green Bay Packers. And then the next season, in 2010, Troy Palomalu won safety with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. And I am predicting a safety to win Defensive Player of the Year. And that is the new Seattle Seahawk, Jamal okay. Adams. Okay. I, I, I really cannot wait to see what he does in this defense. A defense that has been looking for an enforcer like him since the loss of Camp Chancellor. Um, they, they finally have their guy back. And I, I'm very excited to see what this defense can do with Jamal Adams at the helm of it. Um, they still have Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright. They have the first round pick in Jordan Brooks, which I, I do believe Pete Carroll will know how to utilize him. Um, and they, they have a, they have a decent defensive line with, uh, they still have, they have Bruce Irvin there. They have, I, I expect LJ Collier, their first round pick in 2019 to take a step up. Um, I really do. I I've liked what I've seen from him. I've been following a little Seahawks camp cause I'm really invested in seeing what Jamal Adams can do on this team. And, um, I'm really excited to see what he can do, um, helming this defensive backfield. And honestly, other than Bobby Wagner, they're going to be co-leading this whole defense yeah. and, I cannot wait to see the kind of num the kinds of numbers he puts up in this kind of system. Um, so that's who I have for my defensive player of the year is Jamal Adams, and I, I do have um, Cleo Mack up there too with Aaron Donald. I mean, Aaron Donald's always a safe bet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, I, I, Jamal Adams. That's 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 my guy. Sure. I, I believe in him a lot, and I can't wait. I, I think it's gonna happen. 
yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, I'm a where I'm a Jamal Adams guy, man. So I I would love to see him get that. Um, I'm feeling a Chicago Bears taking it home. So actually, my backup picks were either Eddie Jackson or Roquan Smith. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, I love I love Roquan, man. I truly believe a Chicago Bear is taking home Defensive Player of the Year. So to happen, Offensive Player of the Year for me was a little bit difficult. I wasn't sure which way I wanted to go, but it is not a quarterback for me. Um, yeah, last year it was Michael Thomas, and this year it was the man who I think should have gotten it personally. Not that Michael Thomas didn't deserve it, but. Christian McCaffrey is my pick for Offensive Player of the Year. Um, what can you say that hasn't been said about Christian McCaffrey? He's Mr. Do-It-All. He's the ultra back. Um, he's just unstoppable through the passing game. He's unstoppable for the run game. And now he has an actual quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. Um, the Now that, yeah, and, and Teddy Bridgewater is the king of the dump-off. So he's always going to be looking for Christian McCaffrey over the middle. Christian McCaffrey is going to have absurd amount of touches. If you're in a PPR league, um, Christian McCaffrey was already great. But this year, he's just going to put up astronomical numbers for PPRs just because that's Teddy Bridgewater's game, man. Um, Mm -hmm. Just right over the middle. Um, Christian McCaffrey can line up in the slot, too. Um, He's a great route runner. Um, I mean... There, I don't think there's a position that Christian McCaffrey couldn't play, quite honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like if he just trained for it, he could do it. Um, I'm Offensive Player of the Year, Christian McCaffrey, and I really hope he does because I feel like even though you know, he did, gets the recognition, I still somehow feel he's underrated when you talk about the best running backs in the league. Yeah, Alex, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Same, same guy as my offensive player of the year. Okay. Run CMC himself, Christian McCaffrey. I, you, you've said it all. Um, I, I totally, I totally agree. Yeah. He's, he's, I, I think it'll probably end up being a quarterback, but, um, yeah. I, I think Christian McCaffrey is the favorite to get this offensive player of the year award. And I do have to give some love to my boy, Derek Henry, who sure. I think will put up a monster season. Um, he won't have the touches, um, when it comes to receiving like Christian McCaffrey, obviously but um i think derrick henry he'll continue to put up great numbers um he's just gotten better and better every season he's he's like like i said in last week's episode he's staying in a well put together offense not much turnover um not much defense the defense won't be meshing early so i think derrick henry um will get some votes this year i don't think he'll win it. i think that honor belongs to mr cmc himself but um i think derrick henry will definitely get some love as well but yeah that christian mccaffrey is as well my pick alex and we have two more um, awards to give out today. And this one, uh, for me, was actually pretty easy. And it may be a hot take. I really think it might be um, an unexpected take. But my coach of the year for the 2020 NFL season is the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, Frank Reich. Tight pick, tight pick. Um, I think that Frank Reich is a phenomenal coach. Um, he just he just gets it in all of his press conferences. I'm like, damn, I want to follow this guy into battle. Uh, I love Frank Reich. I love the energy that he brings. He's just 
what you would want out of your franchise head coach. And now he has um, a quarterback that isn't Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> and you have a ridiculous running back stable with three starting running backs in it. Um, three, three guys that easily could start on other teams, I feel, with Naeem Himes, um, Jonathan Taylor, and of course, Marlon Mack. And then you have T.Y. Hilton coming in healthier, hopefully. You have Zach Pascal that was also very good last season and showed up in some pretty big moments. Um, you've still got uh, Jack Doyle. Um, and I'm not sure who is behind Jack Doyle, but um, the Colts' offensive line's great, and it really depends on how Phillip Rivers does. And if he is, you know, 2017 Phillip Rivers, maybe even 2018 Phillip Rivers, where you don't have the 20 interceptions, um, the Colts are going to be very, very good. And you don't even need to say anything about def- the defense. It's ridiculous. Darius Leonard and DeForest Bugner are just going to destroy everyone. And um, you, it, that's a terrifying combination. Frank Reich. Yeah, yeah, I I do like that pick. Um, I actually think even though the Colts went eight and eight, I think he should have won it this year. Um, to be able to do that when your um got when your quarterback was on a Hall of Fame trajectory, um, and he retired two weeks before the season started, and you still go eight and eight with a backup. Um, I think that was an impressive feat in itself. I think if they won two more games, he would have won Coach of the Year, and I think he would have deserved it fully. Um. But I digress. John Harbaugh was a great coach, and they really reinvented their offense to fit Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't blame that it went to John Harbaugh. Do not get me wrong; that's a great pick. But I think Frank Reich definitely deserved a lot of recognition for what he did with the Colts this last season, because not many coaches would be able to get a not losing season when your star quarterback retires uh, right before the season starts. So I do love mm-hmm. that pick, and I'm actually mad at myself for not including him on my list. Um, but. I actually uh, I went with a hot take for mine maybe as okay. well, um, and uh, that's because I'm drinking the Kool Aid that is the um, that's coming out of Arizona. So I got Cliff Kingsbury as my like coach it. of the year. Um, I, I like think, it. Yeah, he he already um, integrated his air raid system uh, this last year, and it was something unlike the NFL has ever seen. Um, and I think this year it's just going to take two steps forward, especially with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. and another starting tackle who they got in the third round. Um, it's it's going to be a very exciting season for the Arizona Cardinals. And, well, the NFC West is probably the best division in football. Um, it's it's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, insane bloodbath. But Cliff Kingsbury, um, Isaiah Simmons, is they finally got someone to try to cover George Kittle. At least he might be able to break <laughs> some passes up. We'll see. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath, but I think maybe he'll do it all right, unlike anybody else on that team. Um but I think they're going to go like 11 and five or something and make the playoffs in wild card or make the playoffs as a, as the winner of the NFC West, it's going to be really tight. I bet, I think all the teams are probably going to have a winning record or at least eight and eight or up. Um, it's going to be insane over there. Um, and I think Cliff's King Cliff Kingsbury, um, and that offense are going to put up really crazy numbers. And I got him as my coach of the year. So I think that's um, a great pick. I, I also do have a sleeper pick. Um, that I don't necessarily think will win it, but there's so much ammo on that offense, I could see it happening. And that's uh, Mike McCarthy, the new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I would hate the, uh, it. The, I, I would too, man. The longtime Green Bay Packers guy. But uh, Dak Prescott is primed to put up some big numbers with that insane offense. And and Mike McCarthy, I mean, he's not a bad head coach. 
let's be honest. I mean, he's better than Jason Garrett, at least, I think. So, um, and Jason Garrett won the coach of the year four years ago. Woohoo. Um, go figure. Now he's the offensive coordinator of the Giants. But, uh, yeah, I think I think Mike McCarthy could sneak in there and get coach of the year, depending on how the Cowboys do this year. I do think they're probably the best team in that division this year. I do have them over the Philadelphia Eagles, I think. Um, so we'll see. Um, but I, I could see Mike McCarthy pulling it through. But I got Cliff Kingsbury as my winner for coach of the year. I like it. I think that's a great pick. And, yeah, the fact I forgot that the Cardinals got Josh Jones in the third round. Yeah, man, it's insane. It's uh, insane. Who let that happen? (laughs) Literally, man. Yeah, I was watching first take, and they said Josh Jones in the third round. I forgot about that. It it blows my mind (laughs) that a first-round right tackle was there in the third. And he's starting for him for sure. Oh, oh, man. Easy. Yeah. So, stupid. Oh, oh. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. MVP. And this is the hottest take I've ever had on this show. (laughs) My friends. For the NFL MVP. God, Alex. Eight-time Pro Bowler. 2013 NFL Comeback Player of the Year. No, stop. The former San Diego Charger, Philip Rivers. NFL MVP, quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, is going to. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink this Kool Aid. I finally I saw the pictures. I like it a lot. The Colts have been posting pictures of Philip Rivers in in Colts gear, and I'm drinking it, man. I genuinely believe that this is going to be Philip Rivers, Peyton Manning, 2015 season not 2015 that's when he won the super bowl 2013 season for peyton manning where he just surprises everyone you know people think he's done and he's got one left in him he's 38 years old and the colts are the best offensive line that he's ever had in his career and as mentioned before he has a slew of running backs to check down to he has T.Y. Hilton. He has Zach Pascal. He has Paris Campbell. The Colts are loaded for him. And this is the best chance that Phillip Rivers has had to legitimately make a run in maybe 10 or so years. I, I think that there's a little bit left in the tank for Phillip Rivers, who still threw for 4,000 plus yards last year, uh, 23 touchdowns, I believe it was, but also 20 interceptions. But over the past two years, he's been on his back 70 times. And that's just sacks, not QB hits, nothing. He has been abused by that god-awful Los Angeles Chargers offensive line. And I think he wins his first MVP. Oh, Alex. You're making me throw up in my mouth here as a Titans fan. Phillip yep. Rivers won the MVP. That means the Colts won the South. And then I'm going to be in a whole lot of pain. I'll tell you what. Because <laughs> I think this is the first time in a long time the Titans can challenge for the AFC South. Um, I I get the pick. I, I understand your reasoning. But if that happens, I will be an upset guy. <laughs> I will not lie. I will, I will be devastated. Um, so I... I'm really hoping that doesn't happen. 
I will not lie to you. Don't get me wrong. I love Philip Rivers. He's a competitor. He, he deserves some recognition, and that would get him into the hall for sure. But, man, would I hate it. Um, I'd respect it, but I'd hate it. Um, oh, I'm sad. Okay, but um, <laughs> I'll, I'll hit my MVP as well. Um, I'm following a trend that's been happening the last three years of second-year quarterbacks winning the MVP with Patrick Mahomes in 2018, Lamar Jackson in 2019. And I got Kyler Murray yep. winning it in 2020. That offense is positively stacked. If that offensive line, if they all take a step up together, then they really don't have any other weak spots other than tight end. But there's enough receiving talent to make up for that. You got Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk. You got the former Danville High School quarterback, my hometown, Trent Sherfield, bringing up that five, fifth wide receiver spot. Fun little fact. Um, but they got Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds, who are both great running backs in their own right uh, a late run sleeper also nino benjamin they got a lot of talent there on that yeah. on that arizona offense um and they're going to be and they're going to be high scoring games this nfc west is going to be a blood path for six of these games they're going to be fighting it out they're going to they're i bet both teams are going to put up 25 points multiple times um so i'm it's 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 going to be a bloodbath over there in the west and i really think kyler murray is primed to go from offensive rookie of the year to MVP in one season. Um, I, I've seen, just like you, just like you're drinking that Kool-Aid, um, I'm drinking that Cardinals Kool-Aid. Um, I've watched a lot of their YouTube series, Taking Flight, where they are documenting the offseason and everything, Kyler Murray's progression as a quarterback, and I absolutely love everything that's going on over there in Arizona. Um, so I think Kyler Murray can do it. I think he's going to defy all the odds and do it. Um, I cannot wait to see him do it. And as long as it's not a guy in the AFC South, I want him to do it. <laughs> so um, that's who I got, man. Kyler Murray, who would be make me just infinitely and paramountly more happy than if Philip freaking Rivers won the MVP. Oh, but uh, yeah, that's, that's what I got from MVP, Alex. I like it. I actually had Kyler Murray as mine um, until I thought about it a little bit. And then changed it over to Mr. Rivers. Oh, it's fine. Um, but yeah, I I really like um, Kyler Murray as the MVP. I think that he's definitely primed to that offense is ridiculous. Like you were saying, um, just a ton of weapons for him, a lot of depth at the receiving yeah. position. Um, it's it's looking really good for him and if him and Cliff's King Cliff Kingsbury can just capitalize off of uh, last season then they're they're golden and the Arizona Cardinals are going to be back and better than probably ever probably for the first time since Kurt Warner was there so yeah. uh, crazy that Larry Fitzgerald's been through just so many different regimes <laughs> over there in Arizona I mean yes, when you think of three different eras of the Arizona Cardinals, the Kurt Warner era, the Carson Palmer era, and now the Kyler Murray era. So uh, Larry Fitzgerald's been through it all, and um, God love him. But that's about all that we've got this week for you. Um, definitely some interesting takes from us for Steaming. some of the, some some pretty. I've I think this is the hottest take I've had. I got burnt on that take, man. I got absolutely burnt. My flesh is melting off, dude. I can't handle it. It's, it's, oh. it's the hottest take I've ever had. Oh, yes, it is. And um, just 
as always, we do have our Facebook page. You can give us a follow at Not Normal Football. We have Twitter and a YouTube. Both of those are Not Normal Football. So go check those out. Give us a like um, on Facebook. Follow us on both of those, uh, YouTube and Twitter. Um, and as a reminder, as always, wear your mask when you're out and about. Be safe, social distance. If you do go out, um, when I was out um, just getting stuff, there was this, uh, a bar was so, so crowded. Just social distance, please, guys. Please, just please. please. Drink, drink, it, drink at home. Drink at home. Drink if you at do. home. Yeah. It's fine, yeah. Yeah, I was getting food <laughs> and just the bar was packed. And I was like, oh my goodness. But yeah, please, just be safe. Um, if you do end up going out, but that's all I've got for you. Russell, what do you got for us? I got nothing more. Uh, this was a super fun and exciting podcast. I've been looking forward to it all week. Um, but like Alex said, please stay safe. Um, take care. And we hope all of you, um, get to hear us for next week's episode. We're going to be jumping into some more things NFL related only 24 more days until the NFL season starts. Um, so that's super exciting. I believe it's a Chiefs-Texans game. Um, so that's going to be an exciting game uh, to high-powered. Uh, maybe not that exciting anymore. But uh, it'll be awesome regardless because <laughs> the NFL will be back. So uh, uh, everyone, take care. Stay safe. And we are Alex and Russell from Not a Normal Football Podcast. And we hope to catch you guys next week. See you.